We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Super Draft Show here on Roto Grinders. It is a lineup building show for NFL Week Eight. I'm joined by my good buddy Genie for Grant. It's a long time no talk, my friend. Yeah, it's been hours, many hours, almost twelve full hours since we talked. Um, it's good seeing you again. It's always nice when I see you twice in a row. Uh, this is always a fun show where we give away way too much information about a site that I love and am crushing. It's um, it's a lot of fun. Like Super Draft is a lot of fun. I almost binked the opening night NBA tournament over there last night and got caught really like with like five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So it was a fun sweat. So if you haven't checked out Super Draft, make sure you head on over there, check them out. Superdraft.io. They got a ton of stuff going on over there for NFL, NBA. They are one of the late swap NBA sites. Um. You and I will probably we'll probably do like NFL for you know the first portion of the show and then finish up on some NBA talk just because it's the first big night of NBA and I, I like their product a lot so um, we're gonna start out with building an NFL team if you haven't checked them out like I said SuperDraft.io use promo code Grinders get ten dollars once you make your first deposit over there so take advantage take advantage of the free money and if you're looking for another site that has late swap and like. We talk late swap a lot um, when it comes to like DraftKings and Yahoo and stuff, but like late swap on SuperDraft can be like a strategy type of b- build because like when you're looking at it and you're using the multipliers for late swap, like you can switch off of a guy if you know you think you're drawn dead or if you're behind and just take like a 2x multiplier guy you just hope goes off. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a huge amount of strategy. I used quite a bit last night, um, especially like if you mass multi-enter, you're going to end up with a lot of the lineups because of the way that the chalk resides on things like why last night, you're going to have a lot of sit the same lineups with the same guys. And so, uh, especially on these two game slates, like I went through and I'm like, Oh, I have slightly different lineups here. And they like, I, I can't just have the same three players in all my lineups that are left at the same at slightly different price points. So you can go more and more ballsy as you go along there. 
And with the multipliers, like a 2x guy can easily look at Fred Van Fleet last night. He was a 1.7x guy. Not nearly the player that a guy like Kawhi or Davis is, but he puts up one decent night or Kawhi and LeBron bust, and you're in for a massive advantage, especially on a place where the chalk resides pretty heavily. For sure, for sure. So uh, let's get over there and get started on looking at NFL Week 8. You know, you do the epic early week podcast. Um, we'll have the Morning Grind podcast for football here tomorrow. Um, so really, really digging in. This is kind of like a first look for me on NFL each and every week. But let's get started here looking at quarterback, the quarterback position over there on Super Draft and um, – We'll start here at this like 1 to 1.4 multiplier. And the first thing I noticed when I opened up Superdraft yesterday when I was building NBA lineups and just messing around on the site was it seems like it's a little bit looser this week for NFL as far as the multipliers go. Um, what are your thoughts? And um, give me your thoughts here on these you know top-end quarterbacks. You got to unmute your mic, rookie. Son of a biscuit. I ate a tortilla chip because I got hungry. <laughs> it's – like, very different by position. Quarterback's super loose this week, which is something that always makes it more of a advantageous GPP slate. Um, QB, like, there's a lot of guys with big multipliers here. And then, let's see. Okay, this is – there's a super, super interesting guy, depending on if he plays. Injuries have opened up a whole lot of things, and we could be in for a fun week. But, yes, pricing is definitely looser. It started off real loose at the beginning of the season, tightened up, and then loosened up a little bit. Um, this week is definitely interesting here. All right, so when we're looking at these top-end quarterbacks, obviously Russell Wilson's in the best matchup. You know, Atlanta allows the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They've been terrible. Um, but I feel like I know the guy that you're going to bring up. I'll save him because he has a really high multiplier, um, and he would be the automatic chalk, no question about it, highest own quarterback on the slate. But for for purpose of the show, give me guys in this 1 to 1.4 range that you have interest in for cash-in tournaments. Uh, Stafford's the first guy that jumps on the page. on Johnson's injury changes things quite a bit. I think they're going to be a little bit more pass-heavy. New York doesn't really have a great pass defense. Stafford's at 1.4x multiplier, which of the guys that are putting up big points on a week-in, week-out basis, he's probably the best of them. After him, Jared Goff going up against Cincinnati. He's playing at home. He's been better at home. I don't mind him at 1.3. Josh Allen going up against that terrible, terrible Philly secondary 1.25x multiplier. I don't think I'm going with Wilson or Watson. Just not enough upside considering their multipliers. So from 1 to 1.4, it's it's Stafford, it's Goff, and it's likely Allen for me with Stafford being the top guy. Yeah, really, honestly, um, don't have much to add outside of that. Um, I think Stafford's in a, a fantastic spot. Carry on Johnson, out. Um, they're going to be using Ty Johnson, it sounds like. So really sets up well for the passing game in this spot, you know, for the Lions. It's not a bad matchup here either, so – um, uh, definitely a matchup that we could see Stafford take advantage of. And like, I like his multiplier a lot. Um, you know, kind of scrolling down a little bit, um, you know, going to the other side of that, um, you know, Jacksonville, like Jets game, I think Minshew 1.55 X is always kind of interesting. He's added like a little bit of rushing upside and stuff. Um, I think that was more circumstantial. Like, he does have some rushing upside, and he has done it occasionally. But Cincinnati is just a team that, because of the way that they kind of run their defense and focus on trying to shut down the top option because their defense is terrible, letting the run go, having Geno Smith as a decent pass rusher, like, a lot of that was circumstantial versus Cincinnati and a little bit versus Carolina. I'm not really sure we can count on him except except for – certain matchups to actually have that rushing upside still love the guy but i don't know if we're going to see rushing upside from him on a weekly basis all right so in this one point like um 1.45 to like 1.6 range there's a lot of interesting like tournament plays in this range um what are your thoughts on these guys well first there's winston there sitting at 1.45 not a great matchup going versus tennessee but that multiplier is big enough, and he can put up big numbers often enough where he can end up with a pretty big game here. I don't hate him at 1.45. Uh, 
Wentz versus Buffalo, not the best matchup, but still a big enough multiplier where we could see some upside because he can still put up 25, 30 points in any given matchup here, which over on Super Draft would be 40, 45. Mentioned Minshew, Daniel Jones, I don't hate. Um, it's not a horrible matchup, but the guy that I'm really looking at and one of my favorite plays on the week for every single site is Tannehill going up against Tampa Bay. We know that they're a super funnel defense. They try and shut down the run. We, we've heard Arians talk about it week, what was it, four. I'm going to try and shut down Gurley. He shut down Gurley. They still, and they ended up winning, gave a huge amount of passing yards. One of the worst defenses versus the pass, but the best defense in the league versus the run. Tannehill, not a great quarterback, but I think he is an upgrade over Mariota. Henry is a guy they like to run a bunch, but they're not going to do that this week. Tannehill could get a high enough volume. He just put up 300 yards last week. You get that multiplier, you get the 300-yard bonus, and he just gets a few touchdowns. I could potentially see Tannehill being the highest-scoring player over on Fantasy Draft this weekend. Yeah, and I feel like we just get stuck in saying Tannehill's bad, but again, I said this last week on the morning grind, and I'll say it again. We really don't know. Like, he was in terrible systems. He was hurt a lot in Miami. We really don't know if Tannehill – like, he's a first-round draft pick. It's not like he wasn't good in college or anything. It's just more of, like, he was terrible um, on, you know, Miami. And, you know, it's, it's tough. A lot of quarterbacks have gone to Miami and been terrible. So, I, I don't want to, like, instantly say that for Tannehill. And, you know, you mentioned it, this team – 25th in DVOA against the pass, first in DVOA against the run. Derrick Henry could struggle here, so I think Tannehill's a really interesting tournament play. Um, all right, so let's let's get into the two picks that we're kind of waiting on some injury news here. The first one is the ultimate chalk on the slate if he plays, and that's Drew Brees. I'm guessing that's who you were going to talk about as well. He has a 2x multiplier. I hope in the in the future we we see super draft like don't like don't put Drew Brees or any top end quarterback at two x um, because if they end up playing like it just kind of it negates the the quarterback position in my opinion so really like him and then Matt Schwab if we get news that Matt Ryan's not going to play Schwab is one point eight x so Grant we have some potential high multiplier plays here at quarterback depending on injury. Yeah, Breeze. Eh, I'm just going to be furious. Breeze ends up playing. I mean, he is my best friend and golfing buddy, but uh, still 2x multiplier being forced to play him. Like, it'll be make cash really easy at the QB position. It'll make tournaments like a little bit more difficult. They are going up against Arizona. They are a run first team. If Kamara's in there and Latavius Murray are both good to go this weekend, that gets to potentially see it being a run first game once they get up a little bit and. Breeze might not do enough to really pay off for GPPs, uh, but for cash, he's still going to be an absolute lock if he's playing Shab. Same scenario, like or not same scenario. It's he's going to be passing. This is a guy that used to be able to put up big numbers all the time. He's definitely a downgrade for Matt Ryan, but he is in an offense that's going to be pass heavy. That's going to be throwing the ball a ton. That's going to be coming from behind. That's in a high total game. Shab, I think, will be my preferable one for GPPs. Uh, just because of what he could potentially do in this offense here and who you can pair him with. Whereas Breeze, it's going to be Breeze and Thomas, and they could take a run-first approach, which Atlanta cannot do. So both those guys I like. I'll use a ton of them if they're in play. I'm not going to be terribly happy about it, but Shops, I think, the better GBP play. While Breeze, if he's in there, is going to be a cash game lock. Yeah, there's a good chance I play a lot of Drew Breeze over on Superdraft this weekend if he ends up playing, and you know you should too. Um, for the sake of this team, you know, we don't know if Breeze is going to play or not. Um, do we kind of agree that Stafford would be our, like, cash game quarterback right now? As of right now, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm glad that you were kind of on the same page there. Really good spot, good multiplier, and um, the Giants really haven't been able to stop anybody in the passing game. So going over to running back, we – hey, Christian McCaffrey's back on the slate, Grant. Um, you know – He's a 1X guy. Let's look at these 1 to 1 4X guys. And honestly, like outside of Carson and maybe Fournette, like it's a week where like I'm going to be looking for some multipliers at running back. Yeah, no, normally like you mentioned it, pricing is not ne- – or multipliers aren't nearly as tight as they've been in recent weeks. And now they kind of just loosen things up. 
McCaffrey sitting there, a 1x multiplier, going up against San Fran just doesn't seem worth it to me. It's not an easy matchup, and yes, he's going to get massive amount of volume, but 1x multiplier kind of just gets him immediately off the board. Barkley, I don't hate. I'm not in love with 1.15x multiplier. is definitely better than McCaffrey. I choose him, but I don't think I'm going with either of them. Fournette, a little bit interesting in 1.25. Carson, a little bit interesting in 1.25. But honestly, like you're better. There's so many good plays in the higher X multipliers. Kamara, for instance, if he ends up playing, he's going to be a fantastic play at 1.35x multiplier. He should get <clears throat> close to the same amount of points as Fournette, Carson, Barkley, McCaffrey, and he's got a higher multiplier. So he's the guy I'd go with. Don't think I'm going Gurley going up against Cincinnati, even though it's a good matchup. I can't fully trust his health and his workload. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. DJ, we're not sure if he's going to play. So in this range, Kamara's probably my favorite guy. I actually – I really like Todd Gurley for tournaments. I don't think I trust it for cash games, but I do think that he is interesting here for tournaments. Um, one of my favorite plays on the entire weekend and one of my favorite plays on Superdraft just in general this weekend um, – is is Philip Lindsay. Like he gets an amazing matchup here against the Colts who ranked 31st in DVOA. We love Philip Lindsay, so like we talk about him all the time, but like a 1.55 multiplier against the second worst run defense through the first seven weeks of the season. Like what are we doing here with Philip Lindsay? I don't know if I'm using him. Um I'll use well, let me I don't know if I'm using much of him. It's a good matchup. He's a good running back, but he is still in a bit of a timeshare. A lot of it depends on if Chase Edmonds, if David Johnson plays, because if not, Chase Edmonds, obviously he's going to be a better play at 1.55x multiplier. And we have Le'Veon Bell sitting there around the same multiplier. Uh, 1.5x going up against Jacksonville. We know that Jacksonville's the worst team in the league for DVOA versus the run here. He's probably my preferred guy. He'll get more receiving game work, and he has the backfield pretty much all to himself. So maybe a worse offense, but they have around the same implied team total, and this offense relies more on Bell than, it does, than Denver does on Lindsey. So Edmonds and Bell would be my preferable guy, but Lindsey is definitely a guy you can use in tournaments that should have less ownership. And you go in like close to the same range. Murray, if Kamara's out, is basically a much better play. Mack going up against Denver could potentially be as good of a play as Lindsey. We have a lot of guys in this 1.5 to 1.7x range that are just fantastic plays, and Bell might be my favorite one on the slate. You mentioned um, Murray if Kamara is out. Obviously, he's strong. Mack, really strong. Even like Sonny Michelle in a touchdown-heavy format, he's interesting here at 1.6, like, there are so many different options um, on this slate in this just like 1.5 to 1.7 range. And then we scroll down a little bit and like we have some interesting tournament plays too. Like we know Ty Johnson's probably going to be the next man up here for Detroit and he's a 1.85 multiplier. Like if he gets 15 touches at 1.85, like he has chances to pay that off. Tariq Cohen is always a, threat to have a big game Carlos Hyde against Oakland um even like a a Sanders or somebody along those lines for like Philadelphia so we have a lot of interesting you know tournament plays um but the one guy that I wanted to bring up is Henderson if we get news that Malcolm Brown's not going to play and like we don't really want to play a lot of girly like Henderson's really interesting for tournaments at 1.9 against Cincy yeah he is I don't hate that but Honestly, I think there's another pivot that's probably better. Uh, Ronald Jones the second sitting there, also at a 1.9 multiplier. Is anyone going to play him? Does anyone ever play him? I don't even see him. Ronald Jones the second. Oh, there he is. Yeah, both of the running backs in that game. Both of them. Both yeah, teams. either him or Barber. Like, it's, I hate the Tampa Bay backfield. It's something since the beginning of last year that we haven't been able to rely on. I haven't liked. And But one of these guys is probably going to end up with some carries. I think that game's projection would be fairly close. Tennessee just as bad versus or just as good versus the pass as they are to run. Jones actually has some, some skill. If he ends up getting a big workload, we've seen him put up 10, 15 points, and he only has one rushing touchdown on the season. Or, no, he has two. Um, if he gets into the end zone, which last week you can basically – or two weeks ago – in London, you can basically forget what happened there because it was mostly game script where they're not going to end up using him. They ended up using what's his name, the receiving back, third down back, 
a whole lot more because they were trailing the entire game. I could see Jones in for a decent game here, but I don't mind that uh, Henderson call there either. All right, Grant. Um, putting in Le'Veon Bell as our, our RB1 here, I agree with you um, on him. We need an RB2. Is there a guy that like we should be looking at here early in the week? Like, Obviously, a lot can change with like injuries. Kamara and David Johnson injuries could open up, you know, a lot of in, like stuff here. But honestly, like Edmonds, I feel like he's going to be the guy that kind of comes in here and because they signed two guys today, they signed um, Alfred Morris and Zenner. Like I think David Johnson's going to be out. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Which is disappointing because I love playing that guy. So even if David Johnson's in, we are not entirely certain that he's going to be the like full on back if they're going to give him a massive workload and Edmonds look good. They'll swing him up to the outside. They'll rush with him. So I don't mind throwing Edmonds in there. Um, Just assuming that David Johnson's out, we're going to put Edmonds in here. Now looking at wide receiver, um, you know, Michael Thomas obviously has been fantastic this season. Like he's one X Chris Godwin um, has had a lot of like opportunity like looking in this like one to one three range, like the one to one three range is really strong. But again, like we say every week, I like looking for my multipliers when it comes to super draft for wide receiver. Yeah. The only one that I really am interested in, in this range, like Julio Jones without Matt Ryan is probably not going to be worth it. Godwin 1.1. He's been great this season, but not worth it. Michael Thomas Peterson's going to be shadowing him with a one X multiplier. Not worth it. Cup's seen a decrease in volume. Keenan Allen, we can't really trust. Lockett, they've been airing it out to multiple other guys. We're not seeing the 10-plus targets a weekend, week-out basis. So the one guy I'm looking at in this range is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, we know that he's going to get a good amount of volume. Fuller is out, so we can see more volume going his way. He had 100 yards. He can get that 100-yard multiplier. 1.15 is slightly better than 1. And he's going up against Oakland, who's been very good versus the run, but has been lackluster versus the pass. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see a 30-point game out of him here, which is more than enough to have him pay off massive dividends, especially with that 100-yard or 100-yard bonus. Yeah, I don't mind him. He's probably my favorite in that range as well. Um, Can I just go ahead and lock in Galladay into this cash lineup? Like, (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Please do. I mean, people are going to – just get so excited to play Marvin Jones's next week. And that's just not the right decision. People are going to be chasing Jones, what he did last week. And, but he's not the guy that they're going to go with. It was a weird matchup versus Minnesota. And he got two targets the entire game, I think, which is not something he normally does. You look at his target numbers the rest of the season, even though they've been more of a run first team, nine, nine, eight, ten targets. And Arizona, I think he had nine. So he's only gotten less than eight once this entire season he's a guy that's targeted in the red zone he's actually a big guy that's fairly good he can get deep balls he can get short underneath passes the volume's there they're going to need to rely on more because of carry on johnson going out upsides there floor is there like outside of two random games um he's gotten 12 points 16 points every single game so 1.4 x multiplier absolutely love galladay this weekend we got the nice little pairing with him and Stafford. Another guy that I love in this range is Julian Edelman um, going up against Cleveland here. It, it really just comes down to like Edelman's workload and, and like his safety um, at 1.45. Is there anybody else in this range? Like Odell Beckham against New England's 1.4. Like this 1.4 range is really, really strong. And one of the reasons that I just don't love that like top end range. Allen Robinson's the interesting one, getting 16 targets last week. Hasn't had less than seven all season long, multiple double-digit target weeks. He's the main guy in this offense. Trubisky's terrible, so he's going to try and rely on Allen Robinson, just try and force the ball in there. He's been playing really well, 1.45x multiplier. He might get in a little bit of trouble going against Hayward, who is a fantastic cornerback, but this Chargers defense hasn't been great. So we could actually see Chicago putting up some decent numbers. Don't mind him at 1.45. You mentioned Edelman. It'll depend on how much Sanu's going to play, but New England has a 
we have a decent sample size of them showing how much they're going to incorporate a new wide receiver into the offense. We saw Gordon and we saw Brown and that they only had a 20% snap count the first week they were in the offense. New England's trying to do a whole bunch of shallow targets pretty much all season long. Brady, I think is getting old. And so they're not trying to air the ball out as much and doing high percentage passes, which is all they really need to do with their new deep or defense is shutting down everyone every single week. Edelman will still get a high volume of targets this week. I'm just saying for the future, he might not be nearly as valuable as he has been so far this season. But for this week, 1.45x multiplier is fine. And then even Robert Woods has got to do something at some point this year. I think he has the most targets this season without actually getting a touchdown, which is incredible to me, considering he's already had a 164-yard game at one point this season. Yeah, I like uh, the Woods call. Um, obviously, Manny Sanders is gone. So, Cortland Sutton at 1.55x going up here against um, the Colts on the turf, on the road. Wacko for Flacco is eventually going to show up. Um, and, like, you know, Sutton, his workload is going to be good. Um, you know, just kind of scrolling down here, we still have a lot of options here, too. Like, you know, you look at Philly wide receivers, their multipliers are really high. DK Metcalf up against Atlanta here. He has a 1.55x multiplier. I like him a lot. Um, what do you like here um, kind of scrolling down at wide receiver? Uh, baby Chark, not a bad play, 1.55x multiplier. John Brown going up against this terrible Philly defense, and he's going to end up with a big, like, a big reception at some point. You look at him this year, he's known for his massive – amount of speed and how he's great with a deep ball. And he hasn't had a reception over 27 yards. Look at what Robert Foster did last year. He had multiple receptions over 50, if I remember correctly. And Brown's just a better version of him. Josh Allen's going to air it out. He's going to throw deep. And one of these times, Brown's going to end up with two long balls or two touchdowns. Going up against Philly, who's been horrible, is the most likely candidate. On top of that, John Brown's actually getting a massive target share. 1.6x when you consider his amount of upside is incredible here. Keep going down. We got Ridley at 1.7 without Sanu in the offense, even with Shop throwing to him. We don't know if he's just going to rely heavily on Julio Jones. So Ridley could be in for a good game. We got Corey Davis. I already said I like Tannehill. It's already a funnel defense. Corey Davis could be in for a big game. And same thing with uh, Brown. So either one of those guys in that offense are good. Larry Fitz, we haven't seen him at 1.75x multiplier in a while. He could potentially be in for a big game like he was earlier on this season. I think getting Kirk back in the offense actually helps him because Keyshawn Johnson and Bird are not good wide receivers. Like They just know how to run their offense, and they know how to spread the ball out. So Fitz, it's probably been just them trying to shut him down, and I don't know if that will really work if Kirk is back into the offense. And even using Kirk is a bad idea. And then probably the best guy is going to be Stills. Uh, we know Oakland, bad pass defense. Without Fuller in there, Stills is going to get a whole lot of work. We look at what he did last week. He had over 100 yards there. He can pat, get the deep ball. He's a good wide receiver. Him or Coutier could be in for a decent game. Uh, so those are kind of the guys that I like in the upper range. And then Manuel Sanders, if he's actually fully incorporated in the offense, 1.85x multiplier. I need to look into the rules of Super Draft. I, th- I would assume that they're going to change over um, the – lineup but i know that sites occasionally don't have the capacity to do that but i think they've already done it once or twice this season yeah um another guy like dd westbrook um he's a guy that i play a ton you know he's just he's continuing to get a lot of targets and like he's just not scoring a lot of touchdowns i think he only has one touchdown on the season but Minshew definitely throwing to him more and more so really like him um you know you talked about a lot of the guys that i was going to bring up I, I think that um Manny Sanders is really interesting if they do switch him over just because, you know, you look at it and, like, you look at that offense and it seems like they, they've just been needing a, you know, wide receiver one. We'll say um, as far as, like, your Tennessee wide receivers, I went back and, you know, watched that game. It, it was a lot of Corey Davis and a lot of A.J. Brown. Um, and, and, like, the interesting thing was A.J. Brown only ran 16 routes in that game and had eight targets. So he was targeted on 50% of his routes. Uh, so Tannehill, um, I definitely like both of those guys if you're potentially looking at um, Tannehill. Um, all right, to finish out this cash lineup, we need two more guys here. We have Kenny Galladay in there. Um, you want to throw in Chark and um, my boy Sutton? 
You know it. All right. All right, tight end position, um, keeping the show rolling here. Waller, finally, 1X, Grant. How excited were you when you opened Superdraft this week and you're like, finally not going to have Waller be uh, a million percent owned? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Uh, like, it, it's just silly to me how he's been priced, how he's been on multipliers. I've just wanted to lock him in, but knowing he's at massive ownership, ended up with more of the field last week. And if I would have known his ownership, I probably just would have absolutely locked him in. Um, but still, like, he might be the top option. There's not a whole lot of great tight end options here. I mean, Waller is good. Kittle, not an easy matchup. Hooper, we don't know what Schaub's going to do. Henry, not that high of a multiplier. Ingram had, coming off a back week, bad week. Ertz, tough matchup, bad week. Like, it's probably still Waller for me, and I don't think nearly enough people are going to use him. If you want to pivot off of Waller, I think there are two decent multipliers that you can go with. There's Everett, who's been getting a large amount of targets for weeks now and seems to be entrenched in that offense, can be used in the red zone, can get a touchdown. 1.5x multiplier, that's really all you're using or looking for. And then depending on his injury status and how he ends up playing, uh, like Delaney Walker, he's been horrible lately, but if he's looking all right in practice this week, which they just have a tendency to keep him out of practice, if he's looking all right this week, it's not a horrible matchup for him. Tampa Bay's not been great versus the tight end, if I remember correctly. Giving up a large volume of targets, 1.8x multiplier, he can get in the end zone. Yeah, I don't hate that. Um, I do like the Everett call. Everett would probably be the guy that I end up using in cash uh, this early in the week. I, I really like his multiplier. I like the target share right now. Um, what are your thoughts here on Ben Watson? Ran 18 routes last week, had five targets, um, played 77% of the snaps. Sounds like these tight ends are going to potentially miss this game again, but they had no issues bringing Ben back. He wanted to play again. Like he didn't want to play and then he wanted to play. And like, he came back and like five targets on 18 routes is definitely worth potentially looking at here when you're considering the fact that he has this massive multiplier at 1.85 and Brady loves throwing touchdowns to tight ends. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely does. I mean, that could be circumstance just of how he's uh, the tight ends he's had, but also, yeah, like he just the volume that Watson saw last week, we could potentially see more this week. Multiplier is big enough. I don't mind that call at all. Yeah, like, if you want to take some shots on, like, Cameron Braid or O.J. Howard um, coming off the bye week for Tampa, I don't hate those guys. Um, Goddard is another guy that's interesting at 1.9x for tournaments. Luke Wilson against um, Atlanta is kind of interesting here. Seattle going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. Um, I will say it was interesting that, like, Hollister – I don't even know. Does he – let's see. Hollister was the guy that, like – so he's 1.85. He had six targets. Luke Wilson only had one. They still use Wilson to block a lot, and, like, Hollister ran 20 routes. So um, Hollister would probably be the tight end that I would look at for Seattle um, that has the upside here. So a lot of different ways to approach tight end this week. Um, I'm going to put in Everett for right now. I'm going to take the 1.5 and take the targets, and let's leave um, – Let's leave flex open like we usually do when we're when we're building this team out. Um, uh, chat Grant wanted us to build a Tampa Tennessee game stack. Um, when we're looking at multipliers and stuff, like this is obviously one of the games that has uh, a lot of upside multiplier wise. Yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Davis, Delaney, Brown, Tannehill, some of the top multiplier guys, and then over on the other side. Godwin is not a great multiplier, but um, Ronald Jones, we already mentioned it. If they're kind of in a lead, and even Mike Evans, we've seen him have one big breakout week. And if they try and shut down Godwin, we could potentially see it again. He got 17 targets when they're going from behind against Carolina over in London. So even though Godwin's been crushing, Winston could potentially be in for a big game with a big multiplier, pairing him with Evans and Godwin, where we know that most of the targets, most of the production are going their way. I don't mind the Tampa Bay side, but I love the Tennessee side. 
Let's go Tannehill. Um, you want to take like uh, Ronald Jones on the Tampa side? Just I, to kind I of. Would, I would like that. Either Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber. Jones has got my lean though. All right, so let's go there. And then wide receiver, you could really, if you wanted to, play Davis and Brown if you're if you're stacking this game with Tannehill. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely could. Or Davis and Delaney, but uh, Davis and Brown are probably the two better options. Until, like, right now, without knowing the status for Delaney, I feel like we'll throw in Davis and Brown. I will say, though, like, Smith is 1.9x. If Walker doesn't play, you could, you know, take out one of Davis or Brown. But just looking at, like, the routes and target share in in general from last week, one game sample, um, Davis and Brown were targeted enough with Tannehill that when you're looking at these multipliers, like, it's certainly something that, you know, I want to do um over there on super draft so um all right let's build out this this stack um we need a running back for tournaments here is there anybody that you want to plug in here that um you like a lot i mean it's kind of the same running backs as we had for cash but i don't think max gonna draw enough ownership 1.6x multiplier not the easiest matchup in the world but still a guy that will get enough volume and can get the touchdown equity in order to really crush his price tag. He hasn't gotten into the end zone too much once total this year, but he's still getting an average of close to 20 rushes a game. So I don't mind the Mac, going with Mac here. He should and could end up getting a touchdown or two this game. With a 1.6x multiplier with a chance at 100 yards too. I mean, he's had multiple 100-yard rushing games. Like that's – 35, 40 point upside. And he's already had a 28 point game this season. We could see it again. So Mac is interesting too. Cause like, if you think about 1.6 um, multiplier, it's almost 10 points for a touchdown. Like, you know, what is it? Um, nine point, um, 9. Six, I think 9.6, 9.8. I think it's 9.6, but um, so like, you know, obviously like Mac, a touchdown you're at 9.6 and like you're sitting really good so um wide receiver wise you know we talked about a lot of wide receivers but one of the guys that I want to plug in this lineup is Calvin Ridley Sanu is gone you know Sanu is getting a lot of targets um so like Ridley is one of the guys here and just give me a, a tight end um tournament flyer here oh gosh this one's tough let's go with Darren Fells um has seen high volume, has seen touchdowns so far this season. Had a little bit rough week versus any last week, but 1.7x multiplier on a week where Titans kind of just trash. Um, I don't mind him. All right. Um, we'll build one more game stack here, and if you guys we'll, – we'll talk some NBA afterwards. But um, just kind of looking, you know – Meansy and I will typically take like the highest total um, and build a game stack out of it. So let's look at the Seattle um, Atlanta game and see if we can build a different type of game stack here. Like the game stack becomes really interesting, Grant, if Schwab plays over Ryan at 1.8. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is really interesting because I don't really have much of an interest in playing Russell Wilson at a 1x multiplier considering we can get Schaub potentially at a 1.8. So if we just lock in Schaub here and go under the assumption that he is going to play, it becomes super interesting, uh, especially being able to pair him with Ridley and even Hooper, like in a trash tight end spot. He can end up with 10 targets in this game. He's seen a massive target share this entire season. It's not the best matchup in the world for tight ends, but it's not a bad matchup. And he's had seven-plus targets in pretty much every single game this season outside of one or two. So, yeah, I, I like using Chop, and if we're going to use him, if he goes off for a big game at a 1.8x multiplier, you can almost guarantee that Ridley, Hooper, or Julio Jones are going to crush. Yeah, and, like, you you know, there's a bunch of different ways you could build this game stack to be different, too. Um, DK Metcalf, you could play Hollister at tight end. Um, I don't even know – like I haven't done enough research yet um, on the Atlanta wide receivers. Who's going to be the next guy up? I would guess it would be Hardy, but like I guess it could be Russell Gage too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of build this Atlanta Seattle game stack, in my opinion. Like 
I like the Schwab, Ridley, Metcalf, Hollister, two on each side and take all the multipliers here. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that at all. I mean, again, we've mentioned that Titans trash, so going with Hollister, who got six targets last week, it's not a terrible idea. We know that Russell Wilson will just occasionally start hammering one tight end over another. Uh, we saw it happen with Disley. We saw it happen with Luke Wilson. Um, so Hollister wouldn't surprise me at all if he's the guy. So, yeah, I like that. And we get big multipliers on a game where Russ Wilson is projected to be the highest scoring running or quarterback this weekend. Um, all right, let's shift over and talk a little NBA. If you guys missed out at the beginning of the show, we talked about it. Um, the NBA product here at Superdraft is a late swap product. Uh, with the multipliers, it becomes very interesting if you're bubbling the cash line or something and you want to do something different to make a difference in your lineup. Um, so you can check their NBA product out at superdraft.io. If you haven't signed up, use the promo code grinders. Um, wanted to just talk about it really quick too. Like our premium projections um, now feature Tuttle and Notorious and Chris Gimino working on them a lot more. Um, if you haven't checked out the Rotor Grinders Premium for NBA, I'll be doing a stuff in there uh, a few days a week. Discord is always very popular. And, you know, the very, very notorious grind down um, is now part of the premium. So we're offering a lot in premium right now. If you sign up for the core premium, it's $39.99. You'll get NFL, NBA, PGA, NHL, and MLB. So a lot of stuff going on at premium um, here at Rotor Grinders right now. So definitely worth checking out um also before we um forget about football i wanted to mention i totally forgot at the beginning of the show the single entry series is here six weeks of contest um different there's three different entry fees um over there on fanduel so make sure you're checking that out the six finalists at the end will get a get to go to the wffc party in puerto rico and play for their own prize pool so Make sure you're checking out the Rotor Grinders single entry series over there on FanDuel. Um, Grant, we talked NBA. We did the morning grind together for NBA um, on this slate already. So let's um, let's kind of go over um, what we're potentially liking here. On we don't have to build a lineup or anything, but give me some guards that you know kind of stand out to you on Superdraft tonight. I mean, there are some easy ones. We'll start off with. The obvious guy, Terry Rozier, 1.85x <laughs> multiplier. Yeah. We noticed that last night after we got off the show. We were talking about it. And, um, yeah, like if you're playing cash games, um, you very much want to have Rozier. Like I'm still scrolling and I'm not to him yet. Yeah. So he's the, he's the top guy. I'm not happy about it. Looking at the bottom range, like I don't know if I'm going Booker. 1.15 is not low large enough. Kyrie and Luca do have some interest in tournaments because they have six point upside, um, especially without Durant in the lineup in Brooklyn going up against Minnesota should be a decent scoring game. Irving could go off and Luca can always go off. Kemba not going there. Conley not going there. Beal probably not going there. Lillard probably not going there. Mitchell, like this 1.2 to 1.3 range. I don't think it's worth it, but we get into the 1.35 X range to 1.5, and we have a lot of guys with potential ceilings. We know that Levine can eat up all the usage in the world and go off for a massive game. 1.35 X multipliers, big there. Ben Simmons, 50-point upside, averaged 43 points a game last year. 1.35 X multiplier, huge upside there. Fox, 1.45 is just way too low. Uh, McCollum, Murray, Hyde, more tournament plays, but all the 1.5 all decent plays. Those are the guys that I'm really looking at at guard are right in the 1.4 to 1.5 X multiplier range or 1.35 to 1.5 X. All those guys are big play guys with 50 point upside getting big multipliers. If you're going to go off Rozier, you're just hoping for only a 30 point game. And if these guys go for 40, 45 point games, then he ends up getting being the ultra chalk and not end up paying off enough. Yeah, I think people are sharp enough to like catch on to the Terry Rozier thing in, in general. I don't think it's any kind of like secret or anything like that. Um, I like Fox a lot at 1.45. That game, you know, when you think about that game, it should be very fast-paced just in general. So I really like him. Um, kind of going past that, 
you know, Brogdon at 1.6, I feel like he's kind of mispriced. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of upside guys today, Grant, like in this like 1.6 to 1.7 range. It's just kind of figuring out how you want to approach it and, you know, how you want to make your lineup over there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little tough um, or way too easy. Way too easy for cash, way really tough for GPPs trying to figure it out. We saw guys at 90% ownership last night because of the multipliers. We could see something similar with Rogier tonight. So it makes it interesting for tournaments trying to figure out where to go and where to pivot off to find someone better. And I'm just not seeing too much in the high multiplier range. So I'm just going to be living in the mid tier. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Like, yeah. Um, as far as forward goes, you know, there, there are a couple of mispriced guys, but man, look at the one point. F- I, I get, I'm going to kind of say it like 1.4 range is really, really strong, but like the 1.5, 1.6 range, like forwards are, there's just so many options at forward. It's just like, I feel like you can kind of miss on guard, but if you miss on forward, you're going to be in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Forward's definitely got some really good options here. Um, I'm sorry if I'm on my phone quite a bit. I'm paying attention. I'm just all over the place because I'm just waiting on news, waiting on laps, waiting on everything, just trying to go through things. But the lowest guy being a 1.3x multiplier for forward, you can't fudge this up. You really can't. And there's a lot of different places to go, but no one's really a bad play. This is where you kind of want to go with the lower multipliers. Like LMA sitting at 1.3 and Randall sitting at 1.3. Marquega sitting at 1.4. Three of the lowest guys, but all massive upside when you consider their multiplier. And the difference between him and the them and the 1.7 guys, like they are just so much better. It's ridiculous. So I don't mind the bottom tier guys. And then the we get to the 1.5x multiplier, 1.4x. We got Horford. We got Bagley. We got Love, we got Chris Taps, we got Butler, we got Sabonis, we got Harris, all those guys, 40-point upside at 1.5x multiplier, you got to be using them. Um, it just seems way, way too off point for me. Like, this is where you don't go above the one point. Like, do you have any guys 1.6 or above that are really, like, within range of beating these other guys outside of maybe Triple J, which... I don't know if there's enough safety there at 1.7. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, if you want to take a shot on him in tournaments, I don't hate it. Um, You know, looking at, like, the only guy that I have interest in is Bonga at 2x, but I don't have, like, I wouldn't play him in cash over, like, a DeRozan, for instance, at 1.4, just taking the massive floor of DeMar DeRozan or, a Bagley at 1.5x, Porzingis at 1.5x. Um, you know, so a lot of these guys, I'm with you. Like, the lowest I'll probably go in cash, and, like, I probably won't even end up playing him, but Jason Tatum at 1.6x, like, he would probably be the lowest I go in cash games just because, like, you know, there are, there are tournament plays down here that you could take shots on, um, but – the 1.5s, there's just not a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Like, it's 1.5 is where I'm going <laughs> to stay in the range. I'm going to live in that 1.5 and forward. Like, Yeah, so. yeah, there's just too many good options. DeRozan at 1.4 is crazy. But um, the center position, so where I feel like they were really loose on forward, they were really tight on center, and I like that. Um you know, Embiid's 1X, Drummond's 105, and then Carl Anthony Towns is 105. Those are the three best center plays on the slate overall raw points-wise, and, like, you're not getting any boost to those guys, but they still can put up 60. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with going with any of those guys, but I think there are some slightly better plays. Getting to J-Val at 1.3 offers you a little bit more upside because we know he can go for 50. We know he can go for 60. We know he can go for 70. He could be the highest-scoring guy with multipliers on the entire slate. Um, Aiden and Turner, guys with a 50-point upside. So you get 50-point upside. These guys are going to end up close to the 70, 75-point range. Don't mind them. Getting farther down, like you have some long shots that are strictly GPPs. 
Deadman in that high-paced game should get the minutes, can put up points. 1.6x is not bad. Cantor, 1.6x. He's a guy that can be a beast on the offensive end. Going up against a team that can absolutely or is absolutely going to have a very tall line of Cantor is not a good defender, but they'll still probably just need him in there strictly for the height. So Cantor, 1.6, not bad. Whiteside might be the top guy, 1.6x multiplier. We know that he's an absolute point-per-minute beast, and we could see it in this matchup here just pretty much get that double-double bonus at a 1.6x multiplier, 10 points, 10 rebounds. It's going to be enough for him to pay off his price tag and then some. Um, outside of them, like you're taking long shots on Tristan Thompson. If Jared Allen gets the starting nod, uh, he could be in for enough minutes to beat his 1.75x multiplier. Boban, the greatest center of all time, is 1.8x. <laughs> Probably not as good of a play as Allen or Thompson, but gosh, I love that. Yeah, like honestly, um, there's a lot of different ways you can go. Um, I will say, like the other thing we didn't talk about it um, forward. There was one other guy you asked me. Um, Markeith Morris is two x. Um, he's going to start for Blake Griffin. So, like, does he have enough upside to beat those one point five guys? I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah, same with. Uh, I think Wood may get some extra run. I think is he center eligible over here? No, it looks like he's both. Uh, 1.9x multiplier. We have seen him go for 50 points before. Yeah. We don't know exactly what's going to happen in this lineup without Griffin out there. Like, we just don't know with him. It's a long shot GPP play, but with, what, 2,000 entries in this? Maybe worth a shot. Yeah, I'll say, like, probably my favorite center play is probably Deadman, safety-wise. Like, he's the guy that I have right now in cash, like 1.6. Um, but... You know, we saw at the beginning of NFL season on Superdraft that a lot of people were just taking the studs. And I feel like we could potentially see that on Superdraft at the beginning for NBA season. So I'm kind of hoping that's how it all plays out. But um, that's it, man. We we are done. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, just get on, get on over there and play over on Superdraft. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. It's just so different. It's not your typical daily fantasy game so for that reason i really have enjoyed playing over there on superdraft so if you haven't checked them out like i said superdraft.io uh use the promo code grinders get that 10 bucks for free um but that's gonna wrap it up here for this week's superdraft show we'll be back week nine talking some more superdraft nfl probably working nba every once in a while as well but um up next at 5 20 eastern we got the nba show dean kurt d's kyle murray feel super bad for Kyle Murray and Kurt having to deal with Dean but um and then Kevin Roth Meansy and JSU taking you guys home with crunch time at 6 30 that's gonna wrap it up here for this week's show we'll be back next week good luck in your contest and we'll see you then Thank you.